This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. I'm calling today from Italy in the second week of a five-week trip here in the UK and Europe, where I'm speaking in churches and other organizations and leading retreats. So last week in the United Kingdom, I was interviewed live on Hope FM in Bournemouth, in the southern coast of England. So what you're going to hear now is the recording of that live interview. So here we go. Now, my next guest uh, is someone I met at the Christian Resources Exhibition uh, a few years ago, uh, and that led to actually uh, his broadcast uh, being being put out regularly here on Hope FM uh, on Monday and Sunday evenings if you tune at 9 o'clock. Now, the subject matter that we're going to be talking about is, is pornography, people addicted to pornography, which unfortunately is is all too common. It, it's one of the it's dominated, Mike tells me, in the United States. And it's also here very much dominant uh, in our own culture uh, in, the, in the United Kingdom and indeed uh, throughout the world. But Mike, how did you, first of all, get, get uh, I suppose, uh, or feel the need to do something about this? Because it begins with your own story, doesn't it? That's correct, and that's really what drove it, was I was in bondage to pornography and sexual addiction from my youth uh, all the way into my adult years. And that's usually what happens is men who come to us, on the average, they got their first exposure at the age of eight to pornography. And today, um, women are also getting hooked in increasing numbers. But with my story, I got hooked on Porn and masturbation in my teen years, but that wasn't enough. I had sex with prostitutes, uh, committed adultery as a single man, uh, broke up a marriage, went to strip clubs, and so that was all into my early 20s. And by the time I was around 23, 24, I just was sick of all that, and God started calling me out. Yeah, I started going to church, but the porn problem, I could not let go of. But I figured, well, it's just me. I'm just in a room alone. I'm not hurting anyone. And then I met the woman I would marry, Michelle. We got married in 1989. And then just months after we got married, I was binging on porn once a day. And it just tore me up because I knew she saw me as this great Christian guy. And I knew I was a hypocrite. And and then a year and a half into our marriage, I took a business trip to Ohio, and porn and lust always leaves us emptier than before, and I ended up calling a prostitute into my hotel room, in my hotel room and we, I committed adultery. 
And it's just a year and a half into my marriage. This is 1991. And that began an eight-year journey to find freedom. And I hate to say, I did not find much help at all in the church. I went to a marriage conference. This is very early in my search. And the guy who was leading the retreat was a pastor. And I was terrified because I had never shared this with anyone in the church. And I approached him. I, I, I mumbled the words out of my mouth. I got this problem with porn. And immediately, he'd had a beaming smile before, before I'm walking up to him, and the smile vanished. And he got furious, and he said, and he yelled at me, he said, just stop doing it. Just stop. And I didn't say a word, I just walked away, because if we could just stop our sin, you know, what do we need the Lord for? <laughs> but I was in such deep bondage, I just had no way. I mean, nobody was showing me the way out. And then, uh, to try and, Consolidate the story. I'd spent years in the 12-step groups, spent a ton of money on counselors, Christian counselors. Um, and by the way, I'd been molested by my mother at the age of 14, which sure messed my mind so, up. Just one thing on top of another. Yeah, and there was physical, physical abuse by my father. There were beatings, so father wounds galore. And and so all this is in my soul. <laughs> And so after eight years of counseling and all these things, I just gave up. I God, I've been doing all this stuff. Either you're the God you say you are who can change lives, or this whole church thing is a big joke. I'm just playing religious games. And then right away, um, he started showing me that I had not been fully committed 100% to running away from lust. And 90% commitment is not enough. <laughs> Um, because it's the 10% that we're messing around that takes us down. So within six months, God starts putting all these verses in front of my face from different sources. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Seek the Lord, seek his face, seek his strength continually. And and I realized I had never sought God. I'd gone to church for years. I'd sought ministry success and accolades and help people and and I sought women certainly and money and success and all the things the world and even the church says to seek and knowledge and theology and I read my Bible and prayed all the time but I never sought God himself and so I went into a full-blown adventure just saying God I don't know what I'm doing but I'm going after you hard until you reveal yourself to me Two weeks later, I'm alone in the morning reading 1 John 4 where he says, uh, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. And I just got depressed and I said, Lord, why is it every time I read about your grace and your love, I get depressed? And the Holy Spirit said immediately, because you don't believe it. And I realized at that moment in time that all my, all my relationship with God was stuck in my head. I didn't have a true heart-driven relationship with him. And then in that moment, he revealed to me that he did love me passionately. And then it was an incredible moment in my life. It still hits me hard. Um, this incredible burst of joy just flowed in my heart. And that's what finally broke me free. 
Now, obviously, you've now got this wonderful ministry, Blazing Grace. And folks, if you haven't listened to Mike's program on a Monday and a Sunday night here on Hope FM, then then absolutely do so. Because you, it's not just yourself, but Mike, you have lots of people who share... Why do you think that that we are so reticent, you know, about even talking about sex and so on? Because God created that 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 that, that subject and and made it good, like everything else. He said it is good, and yet I guess that I'm with the many challenges that we know that there are out there that we don't often hear it talked about on radio stations in church or whatever. Why is that? Is it in the too hard to handle box? Well, when I got changed my life in 1999, I, I had all this joy, and I started looking around and figured I was a freak because churches don't talk about porn or sex. So I just figured I was, you know, crazy or something or an anomaly. And then I started seeing all these surveys showing that 50% of the men in the church are viewing pornography and, and 20% of the women. This was 1999. And then today those numbers are in the 70s for the men and growing fast for the women. And what we hear and see all the time is people come to us for help. They'll tell us, our pastor will not touch this subject. And to answer your question, for one, I think Satan has a stronghold of fear in the church. Because when you have that many people in bondage, the very last thing you want is for this thing to be opened up. And when the bondage is that deep as it was for me, and I know it was very painful and dark, um, this is a spiritual battle. It's an intense spiritual battle. It's not about helping a few people quit looking at bad pictures. There is serious bondage here. So the enemy has a lot of ground in the church and in church leadership. When you have half your pastors viewing porn, as some of these surveys are showing, you have a lot of you know church leadership in bondage too. For yourself, and particularly in, the, in those early days, so you, obviously you, you got to that point where, where God Himself showed you, really, Mike, what you need is is more of me and, and my grace. Is that why you call the the ministry that you started Blazing Grace? Well, the blazing part is about the truth. It's about I want all the truth, and you can't hide this issue if you just want to shove it. Under a rug. And Grace is like, that's what changes our lives, man. <laughs> so you got to have both, Grace and Truth. Uh, but obviously, you, you have this watershed, and it, many years have passed now. Have you still had those struggles? Have you still had the temptations come your way? Because obviously, you're, you're now in the forefront of doing something, communicating in a positive way, of clearly something that that very few people really want to talk about and want to deal with. Um, have you come under you know, even more intense attack yourself? Oh, yeah. Spiritual warfare is our way of life. So I get attacked from different ways. Um, so does my team, too. So if people are going to be part of our team, if you're not a spiritual warrior, you're not going to last long. So you have to have, we have to have a strong prayer life. There's, there's, that's not negotiable. <laughs> Of course, the other thing is that when you look at our society, I mean, in one sense, the the internet uh, and the ac- accessibility to information is is a really good thing on one hand, but of course, it's equally on a on a bad thing. And I mean, obviously, pornography and sex is is just one of a long list of things. I mean, even they talk about the dark web, don't they? And some of the the the, the dark things are 
are, are there. It seems to me that even if you turn on your television set, that it's very, very hard to escape from images, from uh, people expressing their points of view, and sometimes actually to a point of view that if you disagree with them, you know, that uh, what, th there's no acceptance of disagreement and that sort of thing. But I guess on the other side of things, that to talk about the wonderful creation that sex is, that, that God has given it to us so that we can recreate, so that we can multiply. We, we actually refer to the Garden of Eden today right at the beginning of the program because there's this gardening theme that we have running through the program. But, of course, right at the beginning, you know, man and woman together and, and so on. So it, I suppose it, 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 it makes perfect sense that the evil one, that Satan himself will want to destroy all the good that God has. But in order to do that, we need to talk the good. You know, the Bible talks about knowing the truth and the truth setting you free. But I think what you've said is that it does take considerable time to let that truth really penetrate you. And I guess to become a, a real, real disciples. Uh, you know, is it nine books you're on so far? Mm -hmm. uh, and the and the radio program. What sort of response are you getting? Um, a lot of people from all over the globe are contacting us for counseling to be a part of our groups. We're getting more and more people from the UK contacting us. We're doing counseling with people in the UK. And people from the UK are participating in our groups. Uh, we've been to the CRE show, I think, three or four times now. And people come to our booth in tears, uh, men and women, because this has torn apart their life. And we'll get wives who come to our booth crying because they lost their marriage and they had no, they had no help. Your story is one of restoration. Well, obviously, you know, you, you talked about bondage and you talked about needing to break free of that. And, of course, that can only happen by or through the power of God, which you've already uh, talked about. Tell us something about, you know, without naming names, tell us something about the, 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 the stories of people who are coming your way. Are, are they being led into freedom, Mike, increasingly? Are you seeing that? For you, it must have been a very lonely journey at the beginning, leading you, of course, to develop this uh, ministry, which, let's be honest about it, probably is, wouldn't have been the most popular ministry in the world mm. <laughs> to go for, on the basis of what you've already told us, because it's like an untouchable subject. Um, but, but, but tell us something on the positive side. What is God doing to help people get free? Uh, we are blessed to see transformed lives, and ultimately, pornography is an attack against marriage, because the husband brings porn into his marriage. Most of the time, they hide it for decades even. I mean, we have people coming to us in their 70s, and they just had the first disclosure. I had a guy at 80 years old call me last year. So this is not just a 20-year-old guy thing, um, but we see... Wives healed and restored. Uh, we see trust rebuilt. We see people who had a bunch of lies and were encountering a lot of spiritual warfare and didn't even know how to um, deal with it. And that's another thing we see is that a lot of people in the church have not been equipped on how to be a spiritual warrior and they don't understand. They're in the battle for their life. So this thing can destroy faith and that's a part of what we do is equipping people 
on what to do with warfare and, and developing your prayer life. And so as we watch people grow in these ways, it, it changes them, and it's wonderful. Mike, somebody listening to the program uh, right now, or indeed listening to any of the, the, the Blazing Grace programs that are, that are being broadcast on Hope FM uh, on, a, on a Sunday and a Monday evening, if people have issues... What should they do? Where, where should they go? What, what's the starting point for them? Right off the bat, this issue, uh, this sin, this bondage to lust does not get broken in isolation. He isolates himself, uh, separates himself from all sound wisdom. That's from Proverbs. And James 5.16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. They may be healed, but... Lust has a big grip on the heart, and the way that gets broken is to come out and share with other believers who are safe, and then that shame starts getting broken up, and then you can start moving toward healing. So right off the bat, we have Zoom meetings cost you nothing for men and for wives, so if they if you'll email us or go to the website, blazinggrace.org, we'll get you set up. We have people from the UK who participate, and a guy from North Wales leads the groups for men. And so, so sign up to that, and then what you're basically saying is it's important that you have a group around you that you're able to share. Probably, as you said, the most difficult thing, because actually people be fear, be frightened of rejection, wouldn't they? Well, Tara, I mean, I was. I didn't want to tell anybody and then I did get rejected as I shared my that happens a lot spiritual abuse with this issue happens a lot so does would you say then you have to be pretty careful about who you share with so it needs to be somebody that is trusted as far as people can be trusted right well and there's a lot of people in the church just I hate to say it but it's not good to share to them because whatever they have their own issues or they're coming from a, from a legalistic standpoint and Grace is the very last thing that, you know, okay, you're a pervert, you're a whatever, and we don't want anything to do with you. And some people just squirm when you tell them. I've seen that look in people's faces. Mm. So the best person to talk to is somebody who's been broken. Now, you've done something about this uh, in in the States or other places in in the world, but here in the UK, uh, you're going to be running some conferences. In fact, you're here in the UK now to partly prepare the way for that. In fact, have you just done the conference? Um, we're, we scheduled one for Texas in the U.S., but um, no, we're um, doing. I'm doing other conferences in the next several weeks in other countries. First of all, you mentioned uh, the Zoom meetings. How often do you hold those Zoom meetings? Once a week. So th- to access that on your website, yeah, right. They would uh, go to the website, and there's a contact us form, and just say, "I want to get plugged into the Thursday meeting or one of the wife support meetings," and we have eight prayer groups going on during the week by Zoom, and they're, uh, especially for wives, the wives get left out of this a lot. And so I always want to emphasize that the wife's healing is every bit as critical as the man's recovery, because if the wife doesn't heal, you can still lose the marriage. So we have quite a few wives groups going on during the, the week, too. Excellent. But the details of all of that on your website, yeah? Yep. Um, and uh, if we were to go to one of these conferences, what what would we experience if people uh, um, decided to journey uh, and go to one of the conferences? Then what? What's the program, Mike? 
I uh, usually begin by sharing uh, my story in a little more detail and then move into what does the recovery process look like. There are several times where I break people up into small groups of two or three of the same gender, men with men, women with women, to share with each other and pray for each other. So I know that may be intimidating in the beginning, but if I just sit up there and talk for seven hours straight, they're going to forget 95% of what I said. (laughs) But I want to move them into healing and to connection and to receiving God's grace. And we do that in a community with other people. And I just listen to some guy rant for eight hours. Now, we start, maybe people are thinking this is pretty hopeless, you know, because it's like a tsunami here that nobody talks about and uh, and many people are are affected by, probably all of us, if truth be told, in one way uh, or another, even, you know, the way our, our, our mind goes. Um, but obviously, the other side of that is, is actually the positive side, and, and I guess it's that side uh, that the, what, what you're talking about, well, this is this is the way the pathway to healing, this is the pathway to plugging in to the power of God. But, but then you've also said that, that actually each other, community, sharing, talking, having the courage, but also being careful about who you talk to. Uh, that's probably the most tricky s- side, isn't it, about, about how you plug in to people that you can really trust who aren't really going to start blabbing all over the place. Mm-hmm. And when people come to our conferences, I show them this is how we be a safe church. We focus on listening, not preaching, not quoting Bible verses. We focus on listening to each other. We ask questions, and then and then we make sure they feel heard. A lot of times, Christians are too too quick to start pulling out the Bible and start throwing it at people. I, I'll tell you one quick story: is I had a guy who'd been a senior pastor for fifteen years. He's in his mid-50s. He had just had a heart attack, addicted to porn all his life. I do a, two, I do a two-day counseling intensive. And usually I have them to take the first hour and they share their story. This guy took the whole first three hours. To share his story. To share his story. He told me he had never done that with anyone in his life. He shared a little bit to his church people, to one person in his church, and they ostracized me. He said, that's it, which is insane. <laughs> And, and it's, it's it's not only insane, but it's just utterly surprising, isn't it? Because they, 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 I mean, we know sin, and I mean, we're talking about one of the effects of sin. There are multiple, but obviously, we have a God who came to set us free uh, from all of that. And yes, we do have to press in and take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of us. And you've already said, do you think that we maybe teach enough uh, about warfare? I mean, warfare generally, I remember somebody said to me, you, you never really have a problem with human beings, but what you do have a problem with, with principalities and powers, the, the evil forces that control people, that control even situations, and dare I say, even even countries. And we can, we can actually see that playing out. Uh, but yet, uh, the, the whole thing of how one becomes a, a warrior as a Christian, or even the fact that we need to be warriors is not something you heard talked about very much, is it? No, and what's shocking to us is people will come to us who have been in the churches for decades, and some even question if there is such a thing as spiritual warfare, which, oh my gosh, how can you be saying that? <laughs> it just 
it's crazy. And in a time like this when it's so dark and Satan is taking more ground, we have to equip people in these areas. Well, Mike, thanks so much for coming. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.